0: I'm Francesca Donnellan. welcome to Becoming More Human, the podcast. Every generation, through its arts and creativity, explores the same questions, who am I and what really matters. We are so often taught how to emulate others to make other people happy, but how do we access what's good for ourselves and be strong enough to actually claim it? It's a constant practice because we all keep evolving. There are no limits to personal growth. You can start your journey today and get closer to discovering your true self. Give back to the people around you and make the world a better place. Hello, listeners. On today's episode, I'm talking with Sadie Frost. You may well know her for being part of the iconic Primrose Hill set, previously married to Gary Kemp and Jude Law, with four wonderful children, Rafferty, Iris and Rudy Law, and Finley Kemp. There's no denying it, she balances a lot from work life, mum life, personal life, and even dog life, from London to the countryside. But Sadie keeps herself grounded and her mind healthy. She talks candidly about being in AA, dealing with anxiety and the art of meditation. Yes, she loves it too, and is proof it works. Sadie has achieved so much over her career, with over four decades experience in film, theatre, television, and recently she's just launched a documentary she's directed called Twiggy. She also directed a documentary about the British icon, fashion designer, Mary Quant, starring well-known faces such as Edward Enninful, Kate Moss, and Vivian Westwood. This is a wonderful talk, and I can't wait for you to listen. So that's enough from me, and let's jump straight in.
1: Sadie, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, thank you, yeah. Um, It's nice, it's like... The end of the day, so mm. getting to relax a
0: bit. Yes, yeah. well, that's what we like. It's sort of, we're, we're recording on a nice Friday afternoon. We're sort of getting a bit cozy and we're going to mm. jump into this lovely interview with you, Sadie. So, without further ado, we, we kick off by asking all of our guests to pick a sort of a song a film, maybe a piece of poetry, art, or even a fashion moment that really means something to you that reflected a point in your life when you felt you had to address who you really were in sort of order to thrive in this bold world we find ourselves
1: in when I saw that question I was like oh and just heard that question it's it's such a daunting thing and I've always been very I've always found it very difficult to say my favorite yeah film or my favorite you know I I kind Mm. of have so many different influences and and it's hard to kind of pin one thing Mm. and then I started thinking you know what what is it and I think Something that kind of came to my, my mind was basically the band, The Kinks, has always been like mm. such a, a special, I don't know, I think maybe because they came from North London, they were around in the 60s. So I would have heard it a lot when I was a baby growing yeah. up. And my father worked on the, he, he he lent his car for the album cover.
0: Wow. And...
1: Yeah so there's this kind of like history and then when I made a documentary about my dad uh, Ray Davis who I absolutely yeah. adore love he's like my hero he hosted it for me and the play that they wrote Sunny um that they the, on the Kink Sunny Afternoon I went to see it like 10 times I was like sitting in the front row <laughs> and just thought the people that played the brothers Ray and, and, yeah. and Dave I was just like obsessed and then I've never really been a groupie, but I think the closest thing to be groupie <laughs> would be with Ray and Dave and, and and what they've done. And so I think that and and, and when it comes to music, the, yeah. the song that would be that they've done this well, there's two and I really like three, but I'll say two, um, is Waterloo, Sunshine, yeah. and also This Time Tomorrow, because what's amazing about their lyrics is they one, they have humour, they tell mm. stories and they're very reflective. And they're they're very about kind of searching and I mean lines in it you know will we still be here you know will, will, what what is life about will we still be here and they raise all these questions that I completely identify so I think it would be the Kinks
0: and Ray Davis's songwriting uh, such a good song and what what was going on at like that time of your life when you were sort of listening to it for the first time
1: well it's it's kind of been a, like a theme throughout my life and it so it's really hard to kind of you know and I think it's you know you have to like to kind of put a lot of weight onto one thing to, but I I, I guess that's the thing. It's been so many, but I think I've been on a a kind of path, a journey of discovery my whole life and always having identity crisis and not knowing who I am and, Mm. you know, playing different roles, whether it's like, you know, I'm going to be really good and I'm going to be really excel in my world. And then, and then I'll be like, actually, I'm going to be really bad. I want to be a rebel. You know, I don't, (laughs) know if you believe in star signs but I'm a Gemini and I I just kind of go from being extreme opposites and I think their music is kind of it just when I've listened to it it just gives me a bit of hope Mm. Um, when I have felt a bit of loss you know like I've been a bit lost or it gives me a kind of connection so I have gone back to it you know, many times, but
0: you know, it is something that if I put it on, there's sadness and yeah. there's joy, joy at the same time. Well, that's the, the great thing, isn't it, about music? It can kind of transport you back to certain times, you know, but also give you hope for the future or look to where you are at this point. You know, you mentioned, um, you know, changing roles, identity. You know, Sadie, you've grown up in the media you've had the spotlight on you, your whole life. How how was that at the times when you wanted to go through those changes and knowing that you are being judged by, especially the UK press, we know it's one of the worst out there. So how did you kind of navigate that and, and remained true to yourself? Because from everything I, I, I've read about you and know about you, you know, you've managed to stay quite grounded within, within all of it as, as well. You know, you've had that really strong core and that's that's testament to who you are. But that must have been hard at times when you've got you know, judgment by media happening as you're growing up. The sad thing is like we all, ev- you know,
1: everyone on this planet has their own life that you are given, that you're, you know, where you come from, your background, your this or that. And, you know, I kind of came from a very kind of poor working class family and work, and got a scholarship to school and worked really, really hard. And <coughs> on my own kind of merit of, of being an, an actor as a kid, kind of changed my destiny and then to kind of suddenly go and get into the limelight wasn't like something I was searching for um was 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 quite an odd thing because the things that they highlighted um and and exposed and tried to kind of look into were like the Mm. things I felt were the most trivial and the most you know the the most toxic and and the things that was completely wasn't what I was about and I, Mm. I felt that I was being misrepresented in the media because of what people thought, you know, if they thought, oh, I was, you know, I I, I was privileged or yeah. oh, I'd had this or I'd had that and it was easy for me. And then, of, of course, you get the media builds that up or if it was like, oh, you're a party girl because, you know, yeah. they, there becomes a narrative and that's the narrative that is is what the, the media would want to do. So it, it was just like a really conflictual thing because, you know, I the things that I found that were important and the things, you know, you know things being um yeah being grounded being honest being kind um all of the things that i i was trying you know having positivity in your life it was very negative so there was a it was a real battle to kind of not get depressed and not get anxious Mm. and it not to open the kind of pandora's box of i'm going to be a failure and Mm. and not have anything because of my you know what i had in my upbringing you know when you have those things in when you're growing up like you're kind of you know i'm not going to go into it like what happens when you come from you know those kind of families and you know it it was an amazing family but but when you don't have much you really want to work hard and do well and then when other people are kind of trying to say put you down it's not very nice so but the mm. only thing you can do is you can't control anybody so you just have to be true to yourself not take it personally and you know that kind of narrative moves on and 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 other people are picked on mm. and bullied but you know the kind of um, at that time when I was a young woman with small children and just trying to be a mum and, you know, hadn't chosen circum- certain circumstances, I was just being kind of reprimanded and, and and bullied for something that was not really my doing. So I think it, you know, it made me stronger, but it yeah. wasn't very
0: nice. No, that's the thing. And I don't feel that the press has changed much in that sense for for. The modern day person in the spotlight—it's still they still very much come down on you and want to judge you, and it's very hard to kind of keep yourself grounded in those moments.
1: I think the things that they, you know as well, like the things that they would pick on, you know, before a lot of it has changed. Like they would literally be like, "So and so's fat, so and so's thin, yeah. so and so's she's old, she's not as beautiful as this person." She's, she's the, you know, lying about, you know, who you're friends with, who your lovers are Actually, most of it is just trivial rubbish So mm. you have to kind of take it on face value and go, none of it matters It's not real and not care, and and not become drawn into it So, you know, I really just don't look at it I tell, you know, anyone close to me, my friends or, or my kids You know, I just say, just don't, you know, it is not real What is real is what you're doing every day on this planet where you're coming from as a person. You know, you be genuine, you put your energy into the good mm. things and don't be sucked into that kind of trivial, horrible gossip, Daily Mail thinking. And just keep putting love in your heart and just p- keep being a good person and spiritual mm. because there's been a lot worse done to a lot, a lot of people and yeah. my little kind of niggle with with certain things it is it's not important. Mm. You know, so you've just got to be a bigger, better person, be strong and, and just kind of push it to the side.
0: It's so r- refreshing to hear you say that you've been through so much. You've seen so much and you're sort of out the other side now. You you sound like you're really able to reflect back in a really kind of considered and intellectual way of actually just don't buy into it just focus on you so have you done a lot of work on yourself then have you spent time to get to that place
1: yeah I mean I I kind of saw different you know over the years therapists to deal with with things that needed to be dealt with I sometimes didn't know if that really completely worked for me I just seemed to go around in circles (laughs) it can do that I think therapy can end up doing that a bit actually and you can be a bit of a you know you feel like you're a bit of a stuck record and we're still talking about like 30, 40 years on the, my relationship with my father you know and it's like you can't keep looking back on the past yeah you know and and looking to into the future and i've got to live for today but that's why i practice you know meditation every you know 95 percent of the time yeah it's something that i've done for a long time i used to have severe anxiety to the point of you know having to call an ambulance Um, You know, because I wouldn't be able to breathe and I just couldn't face doing something. And it got so severe, it crippled my life for quite a few years. So once I committed properly to meditation and yoga and well-being, I, I, I really could... Sort myself out
0: myself. Did you you struggle though (coughs) to start with with This idea that you know when you you first come into meditation and somebody says, you know, after you're having all these panic attacks, you know, it's hit a critical point, and then somebody says, you know, what you probably need some meditation. Does any part of you at that point go, well, that's not going to work. I need more than Mm. that. Give me some pills. Give me something Mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. You know, give me everything else that fixes it. Meditation. I'm sorry, but that's just bullshit because that's what we hear a lot, and actually it feels so simple it doesn't it
1: when you're in the eye of the storm when you're like mm. when you are in that nothing works like yeah. someone tells you to breathe you know do this breathing exercise <laughs> but, do this meditation no. you're like no I need to see a doctor and I you know I need yeah. help now but I mean slowly like the re so you have to like look at the you know because sometimes when you have anxiety you don't know why and it's like feeling like you're driving towards a brick wall and you don't know why that brick wall is there. Why is that happening? Why, you know, for me, it could be anything could have created a, you know, and and the brain will play tricks. So it could be, Oh, I've got an accountant's meeting. Oh, I've got to go to the dentist. Or I've got to sit at dinner and be in a public place. You know, I couldn't do, you know, it became so it is the brain was playing so many tricks, but, but eventually I got to a place where it was getting a bit easier and then I started meditating and and it's like anything like if you start in a ballet lesson you're not going to be able to ballet you know it took me it took me a good few years before I could actually that's so interesting really kind of it is muscle memory and you know when you look at kind of what meditation does and how it kind of plays with you know what it does to the brain and creating pathways and gray matter and all all that Mm. kind of side of it and I've read many books and listened to many pod- podcasts about that but then that started freaking me out as well I kind of think <laughs> I just need to practice it
0: I don't even need to know why it works <laughs> it so just true. works you yeah know. and do you have um do you have like sort of the perfect setup do you need it to be a certain time of day do you need to be in a certain environment what, what are kind of your tips for for meditation um for me
1: it's the morning like soon as I wake up I do between ten minutes and thirty minutes in the morning i I get and and to do that before work I have to get up at five five between five and six and then I'll do whatever happens ten twenty minutes of yoga stretching so that would be my morning practice before I do anything mm. and then and then on and then obviously on anything on top I can do would be great but pretty much by eight thirty nine. I'm on the go with work yeah and and that's the thing because people say you know people will say it's such a luxury to get to the gym or it's such a luxury to me- be able to meditate I don't have the time and I've got th-. I'm yeah. like well the thing is I I get up early to do this I sleep two three hours less than everyone else so I can get up and and do these things because if I don't do them yeah I'm gonna fall apart and and like to be honest this week was a crazy week with doing stuff and I didn't get chance. So normally I may skip the yeah. one or maybe two days. But, I mean, it's definitely I would do five. But this week was really difficult and I missed a couple of days. I just felt like I was falling apart last night. Like I just mm. felt emotion. I felt... Triggered. I felt anxious. Yeah, I, I, you know, and and you know, I have to practice that stuff, and I have to do my gratitude list, and I have to, you know, because we've all got great things going on, but we've all also all got a bag of problems, yeah, and and thoughts and crazy thinking. So you know, I've got to steer steer the crazy thinking in the right direction.
0: Yeah, well, I I feel you. I think it's it's often when you think you don't need it when you are getting really busy. You're I don't have time to do this, and then that's when it all sort of starts to fall off. You're like, oh, actually what's missing oh well I haven't done my morning routine my gratitude list meditation Mm. for a while and it steers you back on track a bit do you find you also have to look at your food and nutrition and do you look at the whole circle of of it and and sort of also your environment as well you know you're living I think predominantly in the countryside now does that contribute to sort of your entire sort of wellness setup yeah I think you need I think it is the whole package I think it's everything that comes
1: together but I think when you're you know um, at the moment I'm making a film and I'm you know traveling a lot with the film and moving around so I'm often living out of a bag and I feel like a bag lady and I'm also <laughs> got my bag and the things I'm taking with me when I go to London to work and I've got my little sausage dog and I'm like and it's me and her like getting yeah. to Padding, Paddington station and I'm like I haven't got the tooth, <laughs> I haven't got a toothbrush oh no I forgot her food you know and yeah. it's like that kind of organization of just like your normal life and I'm like I feel like I'm a liability. I'm saying to people, can you help me get on and off the train? Because I've got a dog, like a mini yeah. dog, Aww. up and down and i got a case. And it's the same with food. It's just that kind of like you have to be organized and support yourself and the same with food. So because I'm a vegetarian and I like to eat healthy, yeah. Um, when I'm in one place, which, you know, we can't all be in one place. I can eat really well and have the things that I need, which, are you know, maybe it's kefir or kombucha or pickled vegetables or yeah, you know, nice salads and then when I'm on the go, I don't really want to be living off chocolate bars and and crisps and sandwiches. But sometimes that's what's only the thing that's yeah. available. But if I do that for more than you know, yeah. if, if that that's outweighing all the good stuff, you know, I can p- start feeling pretty sick quite quickly. I think the thing is when you start being really clean in your eating and your living and yeah. you're meditating, you're feeling so fantastic that soon as you knock yourself off it a bit yeah
0: you know it really it's hard it's my my husband um I'm a new husband so it's Still really exciting to say husband. (laughs) He actually went teetotal in July last year. So we're heading up to his 12 months sobriety. I used to, I mean, drinking was never a problem for me. I'd always just drink without thinking about it. But this last few months, you know, I'm kind of trying to emulate him a bit to support him and we're not drinking anywhere near, well, he's not drinking at all. I'm not drinking anywhere near as much. And I never thought that would make any difference because I was brought up with drinking it was part and parcel of our childhood from very young ages. I just didn't think anything of it. And I can't believe the difference it's made. Um, I never thought I'd be one to kind of wave that flag. But I've been surprised, you know, getting up at 5am is kind of easy. Mm, easy being easy. really alert, not I, being tired. And I mean, with that,
1: there is a balance as well. Because, mm. you know, I, I've spent periods of my life where I've been sober. And, and then I have a lot of friends that are completely sober. And and i love being i love being sober like that that's the thing i think some people like you know feel uncomfortable if they're not having a drink but i i actually you know really like being kind of feeling kind of on it and and with everything that's going on with work and all that stuff but then you know it's that kind of fine line of you know, do I want to have a glass of wine with dinner and, and, and meeting up with friends every now and again? Yeah. But it but it, it gets, you know, once you, you, the less you do it, the harder it is. And I've always had an odd relationship with alcohol. It's not because I crave it or I, you know, that kind of stuff. But I'm, I'm just not very good at drinking in the sense I can get drunk very easily. Like I, yeah. I've just always been that person. And, you know, like people can have 10 shots and I could have one and I would be, <laughs> you know, and I would never yeah. have a shot today because, you know, and I've learned that lesson, to, you know, because in the last, you know, it makes me feel sick. I don't yeah. like doing a shot, whereas everyone else can have one and they feel great. Yeah. And I don't like champagne and I don't yeah. like rosé and I don't like white wine. And I'm like, you know what, I just don't really like it. But yeah. every now and again, it, you know, I, I do like to have, a, my my thing is a glass of red wine, but, nice. you know, you've got to think about, well, the empty calories in that, um, <laughs> you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it's just, you know, constant thing of um, keeping a check on yourself. And sometimes maybe it is better just to say, better to be abstinent altogether. Yeah. Um, because it gets can get in the way of things like next week I'm going to Cannes f- to work yeah, yeah. on Twiggy. And you know, it's a very social thing. Everyone's drinking. Mm, they're all yeah. having beers. whereas I, you know, for me I've got to be one hundred percent, you know, hundred and ten percent on form. Yeah. So you know it's another thing it's like we're all different and we all need know what we can handle
0: yeah absolutely and i think it you know we're often conditioned by society and cultural norms and it is hard to kind of put your stake in the ground to go against that occasionally but no i think it's well well worth a go and i do think like um the 12 a, st-
1: a 12 step program is very beneficial yeah i've been involved in you know been in Al Anon for a long time and and that is like for me is, is an interesting thing to you know to just be constantly you know taking check of yourself and and it just kind of um it's a really it's a, a lovely spiritual program in the mm. sense it, it there's a lot of wisdom there and and it really get, brings a kind of inner peace
0: yeah yeah I, I've, I've looked into that a bit and I, I hadn't expected how spiritual it was and mm. you know one thing when I was reading about it it talks about finding your higher self and your higher yeah. purpose well that kind of blew my mind because I you know that's something that I might talk about or you might see on an Instagram post or in a book but to be you know surrounded by people that are talking about that and actually doing it there's a lot of um, energy in a
1: room when you kind of sit with people who all believe Mm. in a higher power Um, and I think the thing is like we can all feel very very alone but that kind of higher power thing really gives you comfort and and I know that there is like when you don't feel like you have that there is a real sense of being in hell and being really kind of ungrounded, and that feeling of being ungrounded I think is the kind of a, a, the kind of beginnings of feeling slightly mad, you know like to feel yeah. grounded and and your feet on the ground and and the sanity you can get with that, and your brain kind of operating in a way and and making decisions that's good and 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 not spinning out but I think when you you lose that kind of higher power and you lose being, you know, the feeling of being ungrounded, you know, you're up, you're up there and and Mm. and you're in your your head. Yeah. So like actually grounding yourself, like they they always say, don't they walk around with, take, if you're having a panic attack, take your shoes and socks off and walk on grass. The ground, that grounding will
0: Mm.
1: will ground you. I I will always, when I used to have bad panic attacks, I would do a downward dog just
0: kind of to get, you know, get myself down on the ground and it would, that would really help. Yeah. Again, it's, it's they're great little bits of advice there, Sadie, because so often, you know, in those moments, it's hard to remember what to do or have those little tidbits. But, you know, Sadie, you were known and the headlines even today, they still love to talk t- talk about you as the Primrose Hill set. You know, mm. it's, you're, I don't think that's ever going to leave you. <laughs> you're synonymous with it.
1: I love it when it kind of goes Sadie Frost Hellraiser. I'm like, yeah. what, what hell what hell did I did raise? You-, <laughs> you know, I had four I had four kids. i yeah, you know, was it in a in, in a bit of a manic time, which, you know, was co- very hugely contributed by the media mm. to make that amount of time. Was, uh, lots of fallout fallouts from the kind of media um, yeah. you know, doing what they did. And 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 actually we just like I look at I kinda of look at like Finn and Raph, my kids, and I'm like you know i i wasn't much older than them and they and their kids and and we yeah. were getting like the kind of scrutiny we were getting um and and it will always be this that they're the kind of oh they did this and oh they did that well actually no we didn't a lot of the stuff you said we were doing you made up yeah um i wish you know it you know it it you know more of it was probably true because we would have had a lot of fun but i think the thing is you know, it ruined a lot of friendships. You know, we as a friendship right. group all kind of had to go our different ways because the the heat was just horrible and, you know, you didn't know who was telling a story or why people were following us and photographing. Right. And it's just such a, a tacky, horrible yeah. world to be in. But do you know what? I was born in Primrose Hill. I lived there in the 60s. I'm very proud of the place. I'm part of the kind of heritage of it and yeah. identity in my mum and my dad. And, you know, it's just like... How that, that it was just something that sold papers at the time, and it really mm. isn't. You know, anything. There's no reality to
0: that. No, not well, not at all. But I guess your reality is trying to keep your friendship groups together when you know that a slight bit of distrust comes in. That that's hard to build, isn't it? When you've got that, and you just don't know who's done anything, and nobody may have done anything at all. But it's just the way that the media seep into your everyday life is is a lot. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I think, I think so. But look, um, looking at, you know, again, my kids and their friends, you know, they, people drift apart and there's distrust anyway, without the media, it just is part of human nature and, and kind of growing up thinking you're all a big group together and we've all got a lot in common. And then actually everyone goes their their different way. I mean, for me, what happened was I just decided I wanted to really experience everything in life. I didn't want to be kind of like on this kind of journey of, um, doing nothing, so yeah. you know, I went and did a masters. I went and did a cinematography course. I went and did a documentary mm. filmmaking course. I produced films. I, I had fashion labels, and now I'm directing. Like Incredible. whatever, whatever anyone says about me, I have been a grafter. Yeah, I've worked every day. I've made myself mm. be employable, and you know, it isn't about how famous you are, how much money you're yeah. earning, how many. Like clothes, you have, you know, this obsession with social media. It really is about putting the graft in. Yeah. And the people I respect are people that work and graft and, you know, on whatever level mm. work, you know, the, the most, there's some amazing industries and professions that I hugely, hugely admire. And I work personally a lot with charities because I am hugely compassionate and empath- empathetic because I, I've, I've really known what pain is like and I know what not having things are like and I know what loss is like so I want to make mm. try and make other people's lives better so for me all of the other you know I will get more kind of reward working with one of the charities I work in the housing projects in Camden where like I kind of grew up in um kind of behind Queen's Crescent yeah. you know teaching young kids art fashion helping them raise money supporting lots yeah. and lots of kids there. that that to me is you know what life's about.
0: What do you think is your driving force? Then what what is it I, that keeps you keeps you doing all those jobs? You, you know, you, you like you said, you have worked incredibly hard, and you've always, you know, adapted and evolved yourself, and that that's hard to do. So, so what? Yeah, what is your driving force?
1: I think a lot of like manic um, energy just does that with a, you know (laughs) you know a a kind of ADHD kind of mentality where the brain won't you know yes I I do meditation to shut the brain off but I I just like doing things and I've always said to people like I just can't wait to like retire and I'll be living I'll be this hippie and I'll be living in the country and (laughs) everyone's like you literally couldn't do that for two, three days, you'll go mad, yeah. um, and you'll suddenly come up with another idea. Oh, I want to write a book about this, or you know, I want to do a mountaineering course, or you know, <laughs> it's like the way I kind of just want to do. You know, I get my like, you know, I love get my, that, you know, I just go off and do something different. But you know, I, I, I do feel like I've done a lot for you know, raising a family, but a yeah. lot for myself and a lot charity work. But there must be other areas I want to go into. And film is so important to me, but, you know, wellness is um, important. And I am, I'm I'm um, working with a, a wellness retreat in Gozo off Malta called um, Amchara. Oh, nice. And I'll start running retreats from there. Um, with some – I'll be doing the mindful meditation part of it and then my sister who's a personal trainer and then different nutritionists and yoga teachers. Yeah. And I think a kind of, like, healthy sharing space where women who – you know, so many women reach out to me and, and just say – you know, I, I really admire how you've got through things and and how you've kind of got on with it and and you survive certain things and you know if, if I can do it and I and I was you know really you know on the floor postnatal depression. having the worst anxiety if I could get out of bed and do the things that I've done then anybody can do it and I think that's important to know that there is a possibility and hope so I think working with wellness and and and, and getting people to have conversations and experience you know wisdom of of getting through things and how do you get confident or how can you change your career is important to kind Mm. of understand and and,
0: you know pass that on to people. Are there any areas that you've been personally working on like you mentioned like confidence or imposter Um, syndrome is there anything that you've had to stamp out that you feel that you've really got hold of
1: I think I think something that I still find I I work on a lot but I still find it really difficult is being reactive to things like Mm. if if you know that whole thing and we all are, are getting millions of messages on text whatsapp social media emails and everyone is rushing around and everyone's kind of a bit like you can feel the moodiness, yeah. and, and, and the thing is for me, it's like, you know, I am cr- trying to spend my life creating an inner calm, but I need to try and live my life like it most of the time, which I do. Yeah. But, but sometimes you're just not, you know, something knocks you off guard and you, you know, you can react to someone who yeah. is trying to get a reaction, you know? And I think the thing is it, it's really like not reacting and they always say don't reply for two three days you know that kind of was I someone sent me a, a message that I didn't really yeah. agree with or like I would message them back straight away and then <laughs> you're kind of your whole like adrenaline level yeah. gone up you've got this whole flush of like your whole body going into stress and you know what it's just like just put that away just you know people are trying to mess with you you know what is true and and, and what you're Beliefs are and, and and not react to them. So I think I work on that. I think I, you know, just try and practice positivity. You know, I think it, it, it is just trying to be aware of other people's feelings and how other people are and not just be cut, yeah not be egocentric. You know, everywhere, yeah. you know, there's so much as well today of how you look and what you, you know, mm. it's all about that stuff. And it's like, that is just so trivial to me. So it's important to kind of find, mm. you know, find the other stuff and,
0: and, and, and just, yeah. Be be really open-hearted, I think. Do you see that now in your own children who are growing up in a very different world with social media and, and the pressures that that brings and, you know, looks... Everything's on a first glance of an image, you know it's a very different world we're not going out to the pubs meeting having fun in that and knowing that it's just kept to that environment everything is now being captured on social and Mm -hmm. has that been hard for you to navigate seeing your kids sort of trying to navigate it themselves i think the thing is they're they're quite clued up and grounded
1: and smart and they've all you know grown up with me doing yoga and meditation and and they just seem to be just very like aware but kind yeah they're much more smart and savvy than me they probably learned (laughs) through seeing me make loads of mistakes and they're and they're not going to be making them like you know i i I would hate to have had me as um (laughs) one of my kids do you know what i mean (laughs) They're much more evolved spiritual people wow than than i than i have (laughs) you've done a good job then
0: um Mm -hmm. so what drew you to to the
1: countryside life I I love London and I've always lived in London, but then my mum moved out when I was a kid, you know, when I was kind of 15, 16, and I kind of went to Ludlow and Shropshire and I I kind of loved that kind of the pace. And and I just had this thing of like, I couldn't evolve as a person anymore living in where I'd lived. I just wanted a life change, like, you know, just to change Yeah, you know get just something different like you only have this much time on the planet and I just wanted to I've always had a fantasy of having chickens and animals and all that stuff (laughs) I haven't done I've only got my my little dog and my cat and you know there's animals around me but I haven't got like if I wanted to do what I wanted I'd be having ducks geese a goat sheep you know a little horse all of those things but you know I that's impossible with with work with work yeah but um you know that will be something
0: you know to get a couple few little animals at some point and grow my own vegetables I gave that a go last year I I bought a house in the country and did the whole like trying to have one foot out of London which is like you said really difficult but it was so rewarding to kind of like take your shoes and socks off just be on the grass yeah trying to grow some vegetables I haven't got a clue what I'm doing but you know ultimately if you stick it in the ground it does grow and just water it a bit and it kind of I, I guess it really blew my mind having lived in London, I mean, you know, I'd only lived in London 15 years, but still be- being very accustomed to that lifestyle and then sort of to come back to the country and then, yeah, grow things yourself. It was such an achievement. I feel like sometimes it's hard to get those little achievements. It feels like it's not connected to social media. It wasn't connected to work. It wasn't connected to anything. It's just nature doing its thing.
1: I think I think those things just you know going and picking wild garlic and yeah. you know in, in the woods and coming home and cut you know picking some flowers in my garden and putting all the flowers out and making things look pretty and lighting the fire and then doing frankincense and incense and you know there's these little rituals that are just very part of like what I think we you know a lot of people have just don't aren't part of a ritual in your life Mm. and you know it's like how nice it is when someone comes around for tea and you give them a cup of tea and you're having sharing food and the the oxytocin levels you know when you're eating together with family members and less and less of that's happening people are doing less and less of that so there's less connection so the thing about being in the country is you can you know there are there's just really kind of simple connect connecting things you can have so there's amazing walks in the area I live and I've made some really lovely friends in my village and we go walking and we go and and it's just like they're they're people I've met now at this age with with who I am not like people I've known for 30 40 years it's great to have old friends but yeah but I've evolved and I've changed and and I'm meeting new friends who have a similar thing so we'll go off and do you know go to not Stonehenge, yeah. but like nice kind of places like that, and sto- like Avesbury Stones and things like that. And and I go to you know met a really lovely yoga crew uh, in 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 the country area that I live, and you know so it's just like it's part of just being discovering new things, and mm. it's it's, ch- it's challenging, but it's something that will only make me hopefully grow as a
0: person. Mm. Yeah, certainly, And I think it, all those experiences keep your mind keeps your mind young and keeps it active. One thing I wanted to touch on briefly was your role in film and um, and TV and and your roles, you know, both on and off screen and everything that you've achieved, you know, you're wonderful now at telling stories and you've got the documentary all about Twiggy. What's it like diving into somebody else's story? Is it quite a hard process to take to start with? Is it? Does it feel very personal, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's something that, you know, you slowly get into and, and there's a lot of respect there. You have to kind of fall in love with that person to a certain degree and really understand how they work and, you know, when I did the documentary about Mary Quant, you know, I read her autobiography and talked to lots of people around her and, you know, it's it's very interesting learning all the details and the research that that you have to do. And, and the same with Twiggy. And, you know, me and Twiggy, we've known each other for a long time, but mm. we've got quite close over the the last year since we've been working together. And I think there's a real trust yeah. and respect between both of us. And I think she she really liked the Quant documentary and that's why she decided for me to direct this and you know, and, and, and then I'm like, but you also have to respect that I've got to tell, you know, you have your story, but you've got to respect that I've got to tell, I'm the director that I've got to tell the story that, that I think is the strongest, but you know, there, there's mutual respect and love and yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it because I think any kind of prep and research and yeah. and working with like a team is, is a great thing. So it's been um, nice and we're off to Cannes
0: next week and then I'll be editing for a few months. It, yeah, it's quite an art form to be able to go in and direct, I think, somebody's actual life rather than, you know, sort of coming up with a story idea and sort of having a bit of more of a fairy tale idea. I think it's stepping into their shoes, like you said, and then being able to, to play it back. It's, yeah, it's quite, it's quite a special art form. So I'm sure, is there times when you've looked at things where you've even maybe put yourself into their shoes and trying to sort of see it through your eyes or do you have to kind of keep that distance so it feels very from there? Yeah I I think it's good to keep the distance and 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 just kind of
1: you know especially with like well both with Mary Ann Twiggy and then living in different completely different uh, eras and decades and things were very different it's kind of beginning to understand them but think what was happening politically and socially and culturally To the whole Mm. thing together. But I think, you know, I'm very, I've been, you know, I'm a woman who's been in the public eye, who's gone through lots myself. And both those women have that, have that. So it's that kind of respect of like, also knowing that just, you know, shit happens. And this is, you know, you don't plan for a career. You don't plan for a marriage to break down. You don't plan for this. It, It just, things happen and then, you suddenly get to, you know, 50, 60, 70, you go, oh, my God, this has been my life.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure in the not too distant future, we'll be doing one on Sadie Frost or some wonderful human will be directing it on your behalf. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be um, funny. So we just have sort of three like, last questions I want to sort of like ending questions I want to sort of jump into. And what have you learned about yourself that you didn't know before? I didn't know that I was as much of a loner. I didn't,
1: I, 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 right. I thought, you know, I realise now, like, <laughs> especially since the kids left home, like, when I see all my friends' kids leaving home, that actually they've, they got, they had a whole separate life going on. Right. And
0: I'm like, oh, God, actually, I, I've been a bit of a loner. That's a, po- I mean, there's so many positives that can be taken from that as well. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's an amazing feat to be able to survive on your own as well. Within, yeah, I think you, know, you get, you you get a lot di-
1: you know like I think when you 're a workaholic and and you work a lot you you know you do a lot of things alone i like lo- you know i like go i 'd rather go to the gym on my own so I can just get on with it i could I'd rather go for a drive on my own because I can really look at like yeah everything and 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 you just like start- a museum you know I like doing things with other people, but I actually really like doing things on my own nice, I love that well, do you have a quote or mantra that inspires you? I just think the one I always do is um I think I, I I did it and I wrote it on the, when I was doing my yoga clothes, um, I am peace on my t-shirts because I think that thing of like having inner turmoil or not being very peaceful, that mantra, I am peace, I am peace. And just keep saying it, if Mm. you've ever in a stressful situation really does, it makes you, you know, I, 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 I'm praying for peace, but I think I, the first thing is I am peace. I have to be peaceful before Mm. there's peace. So I think that's what I,
0: one of the ones I do. I love that so lastly this is always the big end ending question on this podcast is what does becoming more human mean to you you know I think when you're born
1: you really know who you are and yet there's this kind of sense of yourself as a baby and then I think you spend years kind of going rounds around round in circles and going away from that and I can remember really knowing having a presence as a kid of going I, I get this I I know who I am and then and then completely losing that and I think just kind of refinding that that mm. kind of initial you know it's like a kind of like that joining the two the 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 young baby newborn heart with what you've kind of found now and then connecting those two and that's quite an empowering feeling and i think you know i hate to keep going on about it but but i have worked with a lot of different meditation teachers and and done a lot of work on it and 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 you know there there's a lot you discover when you do that and i think to just, so to find that kind of little buzzy, fizzy little feeling mm. that you kind of have probably from that moment, one mo- moment since you conceived that your soul, your
0: spirit is is the thing you're trying to connect with. Mm. Wow, that's so powerful and so true, Sadie. I've absolutely like loved our conversation today. I think we talk about life as being in chapters, and you're clearly in a really exciting and very refreshing part of your next chapter of life so excited to see what happens next especially in the wellness space so definitely keep in touch about that will do absolutely but thank you you, thank you so much for for being with us today you're welcome i'm francesca Dunellen, and you've been listening to becoming more human the podcast you can follow becoming more human on instagram subscribe rate and review the podcast on your podcast apps such as spotify apple amazon and google And don't forget to check out our website for exclusive audio content on becomingmorehuman.co.uk. Join me next week for another inspiring conversation. Thank you for listening.